Hey, what's up, listeners, and welcome to this episode of my podcast. If it's not your first time here today, welcome back and thank you so much for the continued support. Because you already know it's another day, so here's another tangent. Listen, a lot of weird things have been going on this month, and are we surprised? Of course not. But here are a few interesting developments that have particularly caught my attention. So apparently America along with Australia is seriously considering banning the famous social media app TikTok because of its affiliation with the Chinese government, concerns of spying and hacking and all of those things that I personally assume that all of our social medias did to begin with. But apparently, because China is an external force that could use our information for nefarious reasons, as opposed to just feeding us advertisements based on literally, it feels like at this point my phone can read my mind. I don't even have to type anything, look for anything. I can just think of a thought in my head and, ooh, look at that. Instagram already has an advertisement for me for it. So I guess one could say the time is ticking for TikTok. <laughs> and I know, I just know all the famous TikTokers are shaking in their little boots. Anyway. And in other news, if you guys do not know, South Africa has once again banned the consumption of alcohol and tobacco as restrictions, as further restrictions are placed onto level 3 lockdown. So basically, um, South Africans are also shaking in their boots. They are having a whole shitstorm on social media. All of these alcoholics that cannot live without the alcohol and all of these people that are addicted to smoking they cannot live without the tobacco and the e-cigarettes are once again shaking in their boots because they thought they were free once the restrictions were lifted but now it's once again something between them and the devices so that's what's going on in South Africa apart from like this really horrible weather that Cape Town has been having and when I say horrible weather I mean literally I would go to bed at night and I'd feel like the rain and wind was so hard that my roof was going to blow off I know it's 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 insane but speaking of South Africa the reason why we're here today is to talk about the South African show netflix original show based in south africa blood and water and i am i'm actually so excited to be recapping this show if not for any other reason then this show actually is based in my hometown of cape town south africa and they actually do a really good job of showing the scenery around cape town and the local hotspots and when I was watching episode one and two of the show I would see all the places I'd go with my friends and I'd feel like so nostalgic and I just came to realize that I actually haven't been to the beach or the seapoint promenade in like literally I think about four months now it's strange it's so strange to think about these places that I would go to so frequently that I haven't been able to go to in like what seems like ages and so 
I just liked watching it for that reason alone to see people that I resemble my reality to hear accents that are familiar to myself and to also just delve into the nostalgia of what life was before you know BC before Corona <laughs> and I I must admit look I was a little bit hesitant when I first wanted to review this show because South African um, TV series thus far that I've watched growing up um, by and large have a tendency to be very soapy, very much telenovela-esque, like over-dramatized and the storylines are very much in that vein. So that's not really my vibe. So I thought, oh, please don't let the storyline be similar to that. Like I don't need... Isidingo repeat you know what I mean like I loved it growing up but I kind of grew out of it so I was like hoping it would be a bit more modern and look I was not disappointed at all episode one and two which is episodes I'll be recapping in this podcast were very much on par with the international counterparts and I was presently surprised as I said already so episode one of blood and water we are actually introduced to the main character of puleng and puleng and her family are having a birthday party celebration they're organizing a birthday party celebration in their home and much to the audience surprise puleng looks a bit distressed about it which is odd because from the colors of the balloons and the decorations you would assume it would be her birthday party that they were hosting and it seems weird that she was so distressed and downtrodden on her supposed birthday actually it turns out that it wasn't her birthday they were celebrating the birthday of a missing older sister who had been missing for about 17 years now and apparently every year on the date of birth of this missing family member they throw a birthday to com to commemorate her older sister who goes by the name of pume who was lost or stolen or disappeared they don't really go into too much detail about how she disappeared but they just say she was taken from them at a very young age and to this day her family has not ho lost hope especially her mother has not lost hope in finding her that's why she invites family and friends over every year on her birthday to help celebrate their daughter and also to reaffirm their commitment to continue searching for her understandably this leaves pulling a little bit distressed because she feels like she's constantly having to live in the shadow of her older sister which she has never met before and she feels as though her mother is idolizing this person who doesn't exist as opposed to paying attention to her and her younger brother who are actually there and want and crave their mother's attention but their mother is always somehow yearning for her other child and this puts a rift between her mother and pulling and they end up having an argument because she's sick and tired of pretending or fantasizing in her own words that this is normal and she goes to a room goes on to her whatsapp and starts talking to a friend zama which we are introduced to at this point and zama is introduced to us as being pulling's bff zama finally 
It finally at last convinces Puleng to go to a party with her that's being hosted by one of Zama's crushes that she met online and she really needed a plus one because you ladies all know like whenever you're going somewhere like to a party or whatever and you don't know other people like you don't just want to rock up alone like you like you want your friend to come with you want that security blanket and we all know we have that security blanket friend and if you don't have that security blanket friend that you rely on as a crutch in awkward social environments then maybe you are the security blanket friend i know because i'm speaking from experience i have definitely needed a security blanket friend and I feel that I actually have been once or twice a security blankets friend so pulling auditions to be the security flat blanket friend in this scenario she goes to the party with Zama without changing her clothes or doing a hair or makeup or anything like that which I find like really odd because you you're going to a party and anyway so she goes to the party and when she arrives she realized that she's severely underdressed it was like girl you knew you were supposed to go to a party <laughs> like why didn't you put two and two together when you saw how zama was dressed and how you were dressed like before you even got into the car like the two the the, the two thoughts never crossed your mind that maybe you'd be underdressed for this party and by the way ladies you can tell me if i'm wrong but when I go out with my friends and I'm invited somewhere, I always ask, or we always like cross-reference, are we, are we going super dolled up or are we going as homeless people? Like we have to have a code before we go out and your friend, if your friend is a good friend, ought to let you know the exact level of dressed uppedness you need to be for any specific event, okay? So Zama was a bad friend for not telling her to, pu to, to pull up in the best. And Puleng was a bit uh, dumb for not realizing that she should change, at least spruce up a little. Like, I, I don't know what you expected. You were going, do you think you were going to a braai? Maybe that's a problem. Maybe she thought she was going to a braai. <laughs> a braai in South Africa, in South African, is a barbecue or a barbie. So maybe she just thought she was going to a house braai. <laughs> so that's how she came rocking up in that cardigan. Anyway, they go to a party and this is a type of party that has a bouncer, right? In one of the affluent areas in Cape Town. So I'm assuming it's like a Clifton or a Camps Bay. It looks like one of the houses there along the beach uh, beachfront. The bouncer is like, your friend Zama's name is on the list, but your name is not on the list. And then Puleng is like, you see, I knew it. Like Zama, you didn't. Oh my God. And by the way, Zama is like an awful friend. Like... How is she going to invite a friend that's not going to be on the guest list? Like, what would have happened if push came to shove, if they just said, you only have one invite and now your friend can't come inside? Like, no matter what you do, like, what like what would have happened? Puleng would have had to go home all the way again, order another Uber, 250 to get back home. Wow, that would have been an, that would have been an end of friendship right there and then for me, honey, I'm telling you. But as fate may have it, Zama ends up getting inside and calling Chris, who is the person throwing the party. And he manages to get Puleng to get inside because obviously the bouncer answers to him. So Puleng and Zama and Chris, aka Zama's crush, go back into the house and it's this huge mansion type of house that's lit like a nightclub. Everybody's dancing and drinking alcohol or doing drugs. And I'm just like... All of these high school children, I bought. 
What are you guys doing out? <laughs> doing all of this stuff on a school night probably. Much confusion for me. The kids are the kids are wild these days. They are wild. And so um Zama introduces Chris to Puleng and they do this whole introduction thing, whatever, nobody cares. Then Zama and Chris head off to a room in the pot in the in the house and they leave Puleng all alone. In this big old party where she knows no one. And you see, this is already the second piece of evidence against Zama from, for, for actually being a good friend. Because how you go invite your friend and leave her all alone in a party where she knows no one without introducing her to any other person that she can talk with and chill with. Just for the sake of your hookup. Like, I don't know guys, please tell me, am I reaching here? Like, I just feel like that's bad friendicate. And friendicate is a word that I made up for friend etiquette. Like, I wouldn't do that to my friend. In as much as I really like this guy, I think I would at least make sure that my friend had someone to kick it with if I was going to do what I needed to do. But, like, what's going on, Zama? Please, you already just used her as a security blanket. You couldn't have at least accounted for her um, safety or whatever while she was at the party alone. And she looks like a sore thumb. She sticks out like a sore thumb. So anyway, Puleng tries to distract herself and she goes to the bar, tries to order something. I think she wanted to order a cider. That's where she meets a girl that goes by the name of Fikile, who is like re this really nice, pretty girl. She's quite pretty, but girl, the makeup she was wearing in that, uh, the eye makeup she was wearing in that scene. No, honey, please, whoever... Whatever makeup artist was on set that day, I don't know what futuristic nightclub vibe they were going for, but it ain't it, sis. It ain't, like, that makeup did not do her justice at all. And I know this for a fact because when I saw on in the later scenes, which were like during the day, during school and stuff, and she wasn't, and she wasn't wearing that heavy makeup, I was like, wow, she's actually so stunning. But you would never be able to tell with all of that eye raccoon glitter makeup it looked so bad on her like just being honest here and so Puleng and um Fikile talk a little bit they have an exchange turns out Fikile seems like a really nice person and after that Fikile goes back to her group of friends and Puleng continues to roam around the mansion she knocks into this guy who was holding a cigarette and a piece of his cigarette butt burns a bit of her cardigan and she's like you just burned my cardigan and he's like oh I'm sorry whatever and then they cross paths and Puleng goes to go sit on the couch because at this point I'm sure she's had enough she hears like this weird buzzing coming from the couch and she <laughs> she puts her fingers in between the cushions of the couch and she pulls out the cell phone there's this cell phone and someone is calling the cell phone it says um unknown number or something like that then she answers the phone it turns out this person's mother is calling them and yelling at them and the person's the owner of the phone's name is wade 
and Puleng asks around to the people who are also sitting on the couch, um, does anybody know Wade? And they tell her they, they know Wade and he's actually somewhere close to a certain area in the house, close to the phone booth. And then Puleng goes to go look for Wade. She finds Wade. Turns out Wade is a really nice guy. He thanks her for returning his phone. And then they start having a little chit-chat, a little flirtationship. And I'm like, oh, you know, Wade is one of those people. In South Africa, we have like this thing where you call something that's really cute. You call it like a nunus. So for me, whenever I think of Wade, I think it's just like this really nice, cute nunus guy. Like he just seems like he has a really nice spirit. Not like physically, aesthetically, he wouldn't be like my type personally but like just his character he's like oh you're so cute because even the way he tries to flirt with Fikile it's like I mean the way he tries to flirt with Puleng it's like so cute it's like oh um he takes up her picture because apparently he's a photographer and that's his thing actually that's the reason why he was at the party because he knew the person hosting the party and he agreed to act as photographer for this person and so he had all his camera equipment with him and while they were talking Puleng looks off at the side like absentmindedly staring at something and he like snaps a candid picture of her and he's like wow you're really pretty um you rem actually remind me of this other girl at the party do you know her and the girl he he scrolls through the camera roll and he shows a, a picture of um, Fikile and he's like you guys look alike it's something about the eyes and the mouth or whatever and Puling is like no way I don't look anything like her she's way too pretty and Wade is like come on you're really pretty too and I'm like oh you see Wade is so nunus man like this is this is okay I finally figured out the thing I like about Wade so far is that he just seems pure like he seems pure and innocent like he just has this purity about him like his intentions are so obvious almost like he just wears his heart on his sleeves at least from the little bit I know honey you know with these series they can switch things up on you at any minute but I haven't watched anything past episode two so thus far I'm just speaking about what I know he just seems pure and innocent that's actually the word I would use to describe Wade and so then oh my goodness I can't believe I even forgot to tell you this part but before um Puleng meets up with Wade, she actually walks through one of the, the the doors or the rooms and she sees Chris munching on Zama's biscuit, you know, take that euphemism for whatever it is and put two and two together, but that's what they were doing and she walks out so disgustedly and Zama actually runs out after her and like tries to apologize for leaving her alone at the party, I'm like, girl, <laughs> stop please stop talking to me and making things awkward just go do what you were doing like stop at this point it's already too late it's it's too late you should have thought of that before you bounced on me um anyway i can't believe i forgot to tell you that part so back to the part where wade and um pulling are talking and um then this chris guy apparently he finished up with zama he comes to like this balcony area of the of the house and he makes an announcement and he's like oh you guys we're actually here gathered here today on this momentous occasion to celebrate the 17th birthday of the one and only fikile 
haha, guess what? The same Fikile that Pulem was talking to at the bar. And everybody's clapping and applauding. Because apparently Fikile is like this big it girl at the school that she goes to. And everybody knows her. And at the same time, Puleng is like talking to Wayne. And she's like, how oh, that's so interesting. Because it's actually my sister's birthday today as well. And bing 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 Puleng's missing sister would have also been 17 years old on the specific day are you guys putting two and two together now are you are you are you are you guys putting the pieces together so this is a major hint that Puleng's long lost missing sister could actually be this girl she met at the party Fikile Okay, so that's what is heavily implied thus far in the in episode one. And then after that, um, Wade and Puleng exchange Instagrams and then Puleng goes home. The very next day, the scene is Puleng at a hockey game at her school and she's unable to focus because of everything she she's talking thinking about of what happened last night like she's playing hockey and this is like ground hockey and all the other girls are yelling at her because she's unable to focus and she's losing the game meanwhile all Pulen can think about is what happened last night and like trying to put two and two together and the thoughts that keep on running in her mind that this Fikile girl could possibly somehow be her sister and they end up losing the hockey match in the changing room, this one uh, girl, white girl named Nate or Nat, I'm not sure, is like really pissed off and picks a fight with Puleng. And she makes this one comment that I'm like, it didn't make sense at the time. But the girl is like, your father should have sold you into, um, into human trafficking instead. And then obviously after that, they get into like this physical altercation. Yo. And the way the girl clapped Puleng, she's like, Yo, guys, wow, that was hectic. So they get into this physical altercation. Um, it ends up being broken up. Puleng is then sent to the headmaster's or the principal's office. And the principal tells her that she shouldn't have let things get physical. And even if Nate started it, she shouldn't have retaliated in a physical way. And now Puleng is awaiting a disciplinary hearing for actions that she took against Nate which I personally feel is like really unfair because if someone if someone claps me like that and I hit them back I think <laughs> I think that's justice my dear so her parents are called in they pick her up from school because of everything that's happened they take her to Seapoint because Seapoint is like this promenade um, pier on the water's edge at the beach in Cape Town. It's like a really popular touristy place and it's very beautiful. I was so happy to see it. I was thinking how many times have I sat on those benches and had those ice creams. Um, but um, they take her to Seapoint and they have a talk with her. Apparently newspapers got word of some information. And they are now accusing Puleng's father of being part of some sort of child trafficking ring. Which, by the way, I didn't know this going into the series. Like, I had no idea that this theme was going to be a, something that was running along 
this series but like how topical how topical they are talking about child trafficking human sex trafficking and currently one of the top stories in the world right now is that the assistant to a world-renowned child trafficker Ghislaine Maxwell has been apprehended by the police awaiting trial in jail in prison so that was very topical that was very interesting um, so basically that's what they're accusing her father of doing like the newspapers are implicating him in like a lot of weird stuff and that's what the girl Nate meant when she was referring to that human trafficking thing I'm, I'm assuming she saw the news article about that and so that's what happens her father dismisses everything and just tells her like don't worry about it pulling this is just the media being the media they're just bloodthirsty they'll make up stories for clicks and views and once the police investigation is over and done with everything will be cleared and my name will be cleared and obviously Puleng wants to believe her father because who in their right mind would want to believe that their own father is part of a human sex trafficking ring for young women and girls that would be something out of a nightmare book if you find out someone that you really love and care about deeply like one day just out of the blue you find out some sort of information like this about him that would make me puke and die so the next scene is Puleng stalking Fikile's Instagram profile and once again she can't get the girl Fikile out of her mind like no matter what she does she, her thoughts always go back to that so she's like hmm she's really starting to put two and two together and she's highly starting to suspect that Fikile could be her long lost sister she even goes to google like how to get a person's dna how to get a dna test and she goes and looks up all of that information on the internet um she also wants to get closer to wade which at the beginning she doesn't really seem interested in wade at least not in any some any sort of romantic manner but she wants to get closer to wade so now she's texting him and talking to him because he is in the very same school that Fikile goes to so he also attends Parkhurst College which is like this upper echelon um, private school for the, the richest of the rich kids and by the way fun fact the school Parkhurst that they're forming at is actually my ex-university dressed up to be a high school so that was also fun to see that horrible place again after months of not having set foot on those properties <laughs> Um, so anyway, this Parkhurst College is the same one that Fikile goes to and she wants to get close to Fikile, so she's getting close to Wade, so she's basically using him. And then Wade ends up inviting her to one of the swim meets that the school was holding and I don't know what he wanted her to do, maybe to help him with his like photography because he was like part of the school magazine so he is the one responsible for taking all the photographs for these different activities and events hosted by the school so he invites her to the school swim meet. Turns out that Fikile is an amazing swimmer, one of the top swimmers, female swimmers in the school. So um, Puleng agrees and accepts the invite and she's like I'll be there or I'll be square and she attends the Parker swim meet and she in her mind thinks this is a perfect opportunity to try to get a bit closer to Fikile and get a piece of her DNA maybe like a piece of hair or I don't know what she was really thinking that she could get in that public environment 
spoiler alert it doesn't end up working and by the time the swim meet is over Puleng gets like a lot of phone calls and she realized that she's actually late for her disciplinary hearing which was actually supposed to be taking place at the time the swim meet was going on and the principal had already warned her if she's late for a disciplinary hearing she's gonna get the suspension and basically she's late so she bounces really soon thereafter she rushes all the way all the way back to her own school she's she arrives the appearance and the principal and all of the other people are waiting there just like you late but you late though and she's like um what did i miss anyway the scene cuts to her parents and her walking out of the school and they are berating her and like just telling her off saying i can't believe you did this where were you what were you doing and i mean to some extent we've all been in that situation where our parents are just railing on us and her father is trying to ground her and take away her phone and you know this is a part of the netflix docuseries that i was like this is definitely for the series because i don't think black south african parents will necessarily ground their children as opposed to give them like a fear varum clap a hot slap at the moment as soon as they get in the car you know so mm, anyway be that as it may as they're exiting the school premises these two police officers exit their vehicle and they approach puleng and her family and puleng is like mom what's going on and the police officers is like mr so-and-so you're under arrest for tra- child trafficking charges <gasps> shock everybody all her classmates are on their phones recording this as it's happening puleng is freaking out she's screaming for her father the man is getting arrested um, being put into a van basically shambles everything is in shambles life is in chaos and yeah it's, it's horrible so puleng is suspended her father is in prison in jail for child trafficking charges uh and her life is basically upside down at this point but she has an amazing idea one evening and she goes to her mom and she's like hey mom i don't want to go back to my old school not after everything has happened not after the embarrassment that myself and my family have faced and her mom is like yeah i got i agree with you and puleng is like have you ever heard of parkhurst college and that's where we end up for episode 1 so now we get the impression that Pulling is going to be applying for the same school that Fukili attends, aka Parker's College, aka UCT. <laughs> and that is like the dramatic end of episode 1 and I'm like, "Hmm, really interesting." So now we can imagine episode 2 is going to be very saucy because it's going to be where Pulling is going to be part of the Parker's College crew. The next episode, episode 2 is called The Interview. And this is a really interesting episode. Like a lot of things take place in this episode. Like I alluded to previously, Puleng is applying for Parker's College. 
and she's also applying for different bursaries to attend that college because that's expensive honey and she's not like one of those top minister of parliament children that can easily afford it but somehow she gets ends up getting accepted into that very strict prestigious school even though she's been slacking in her grades and is currently suspended from her actual school at the moment i mean like how realistic is that who knows but anyway let's suspend our disbelief she gets accepted into parker's college and she meets Wendy Dlamini, who is the chairperson of the Magazine Society. Now, this is the thing about Wendy. I think we've all known a Wendy at some point in our lives. Like, Wendy is like this domineering, goody-two-shoes, whole monitor, everything-by-the-book, over-opinionated type of student. Like, I think we've all come across a Wendy. Like, Wendy seems like the type of person who will rat you out that you don't have your handbook for the assembly. Like, that's just the vibe Wendy gives off. Like, she's combative about everything and anything. And watching this series actually brought a lot of memories back of my own high school days because my high school experience was oh, not, oh my god, not. 100% similar to this but like the structure was similar so we definitely had prefects and head girls and we wore uniforms and you get like the same character types like similar character types and Wendy definitely reminded me of a lot of girls that I went to in high school so that was fun reliving my PTSD from high school you're welcome guys you might as well drop a like and a comment because of all the ptsd i go through just to film these episodes <laughs> so anyway wendy is showing her around the school giving her the scoop like the lowdown about who is who and what is what and how is how and we see wade once again and we realize that get this guys the principal of parkers is wade's mother how interesting and well, of course, Wade, being the way that he is, is trying to be nice to Perlene and offers to keep her company on her first days of school so that she doesn't feel lonely or feel left out or feel like the quote-unquote new girl. By the way, tangent. I was a new girl once in my life. I was actually a new girl at a very pivotal time in my school year career. I became a new girl in the seventh grade. So... In South Africa, we have primary school grades 1 to 7, and then high school grade 8 to 12, right? So, I had spent grades 1 to 6 in one primary school in a completely different area, and then my family decided to up and out of that area and move to a completely different area with a completely different lifestyle, I guess. It was kind of like an upgrade. I went from like a lower income community to a much higher income community. And so the schools were much different. And I was a new girl in the seventh grade. By the time I arrived, all the students that were in my very small classroom and my very small year had already known each other for like plus minus six years. And were really like friends with one another. Their cliques were well established. Well, well established. So that was a very awkward time for me in my life. I think 
that year specifically was one without a doubt one of the worst years of my life like 2020 has been sucky right horrible tragic but i would still say that that year specifically 2009 was a contender for the top two worst years of my life. it actually might be tied to 2020 no i'm lying yeah it, it it might come a close second it might come a close second and that's saying a lot so i understand that i wish i had someone like wade <laughs> who was so nice and sweet and helpful and i actually did end up making some really nice and wonderful friends but anyway that's another tangent for another day so Wade is helping her out, keeping her company, and she becomes somehow thrown into the magazine club because Wade is part of the magazine club and and Wendy's also part of the magazine club. So she gets kind of like sucked into that in a way. And soon after that, we discover that Fikile is a very popular girl in like i like i had thought she's very popular in this high school she's apparently a jack of all trades good in academics sports also very social butterfly everybody loves her and she's vying for the position of head girl now mm, for all of you who don't know and who aren't south africans basically being the position of a head girl in a south african school is equivalent to winning the prom queen there was some sort of popularity contest going on i don't think necessarily it was that was in any way completely based on your competency it was very much a popularity contest so fikile is she's vying for that spot she's vying for that position she's like I was born to do this. This is my calling. I am meant to be the head girl, aka Wolf Macy of Parker's College. And we also find out that Wendy, who who's, who who also seems like she was designed for this position, is adamantly against Fikile and everything she does and does not like her at all. Which is weird since Wendy's the one is is the one supposed to be interviewing Fikile for a head girl profile in the magazine. And obviously we realize that Wendy is completely biased towards Fikile. So she can't write this article, she can't do this interview. It's gonna be a completely one-sided tilted article, right? So the group and the magazine people society members decide that they should get someone more neutral to interview her and write the article someone who really doesn't have a dog in this fight and guess who volunteers as tribute aka our girl Puleng, because she definitely has ulterior motives which is to get closer to Fikile and to figure out whether or not homegirl is her home sis so Puleng ends up being the one to do the interview, which turns out fine, I guess. She ends up lying about this weird scenario in which her brother almost drowned to get closer to Fikile and to get Fikile to trust her more. And later on, when Wade asked her about it, she, said, she just said that she lied in such a flippant manner about something so personal like, look, guys, there's certain things in life you can joke about. There's certain things you can lie about. Sure, like lying is never good. It's never okay. But lying about the potential death and or health of a family member or even of yourself is just 
I personally feel like it's a line too far. Like I would never lie to get out of a situation and say, aka we're sick or whatever, whatever. There's just something about that spiritually that doesn't sit well with me. And the way our girl pulling was just like so flippant about it. I was like, girl, Molly, you in danger, girl. <laughs> so that just mm, that just made me feel some type of way. So, um, Puleng's plan ends up working. Fikile takes a liking to her after the interview and she invites her to have lunch with her and her crew. So, Puleng is like gassed up because uh, this is her shoe in, right? To number one, get closer to her supposed sister and also be part of the popular squad. So, Puleng goes to sit with Fikile's friends and this is where we are introduced once again to Chris, the same Chris we met at the party, the same Chris who was munching on her BFF Zama's biscuits, um, that Chris, yes, him, and another girl, I can't remember her name, but she's a girl with blonde hair and bangs, so that girl, and then this other person we are introduced to goes by the name of KB, now ladies, those of you who have watched this series, KB baby, KB baby, that's his new nickname because he is foin. And by the way, side note, the guys on the series are foin. And it's so weird because I have to be thinking like, you know when I went to high school, guys didn't look like this. Not even the best looking guys look like this. Like where, why are these guys? men looking like grown ass men so i went to go google the cast turns out most of them were like 25 i was like ah oh, of course these guys look like the guys i go to uni with not the guys that i went to high school with and not ooh, but kb kb is fine like fine spelled f-o-i-n-n-n-n-e kb is fine so obviously our girl Puleng is a little bit of flustered, she's a little bit shook, she's a little bit comatized, traumatized. I mean girl, I would be too. K One last time, KB baby is fine, okay? So she ends up chilling with Fikile's friends, they're laughing, kicking, yada yada yada. In the interim, Fikila ends up inviting Puleng to a party that is actually being hosted at KB's house the next evening, I believe. And Puleng is like, mm, <laughs> of course I'm going to go. It's, was there even a question of it? No, there wasn't. And so Puleng is getting gassed up, getting excited to go to this party because once again, it's another opportunity to get some of Fikile's DNA, which at, at a certain point kind of gets weird because even at the, 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 the lunch table when everybody left, Fikile accidentally left her orange juice bottle open there and you could see like Puleng wanted to like snag the orange juice bottle and take it for her own purposes, but she was caught by Fikile and came back and took it. It's so weird, like... Imagine someone just following you around, pretending to, to be a friend just for the sake of getting your DNA. Like, that's so weird. So anyway, the very next day, Puleng is in the library with Wade. They're talking. Wade invites her to go to this night market at Seapoint and help him fit 
Buddhist photography, Puling is like, um, I have to touch base with my mom, I let you know. She doesn't end up letting him know because obviously she's going to the party instead. She goes to KB's party, super awkward, super awkward by the way, at, at the beginning at least. And then afterwards, Fikile ends up convincing her to change out of her clothes and change into like a bikini because I guess it's some sort of pool party. They change out of she changes into a bikini kb ends up walking in at that at that exact very moment i'm like <laughs> wow um anyway i need to get over kb so kb ends up walking in and pulling is like if there were ever a moment in time for editors to edit in crickets like this would be the perfect moment So then she ends up spending the rest of the evening alone with KB. She recites her writing, like they're like having this bonding moment and he like freestyles to her writing and gives like a freestyle rap and he talks about how he always wanted to be a rapper and go to America and she opens up about her life and wanting to be heard and whatever. They're having like this weird bonding moment while they're half naked. And uh, we also get some like um, fleshing out of Chris's storyline. So Chris is also apparently not just a cookie muncher. He goes both ways or always, I suppose. It, it becomes known to us that Chris is pansexual. And once again, Fikile and someone else walk in on him having a hookup. I'm like, do people just not lock the doors at parties anymore? Like, is that not a thing? Like, okay, fine, hookup, do what you want to do. But like, lock the door. Like, how many times do people have to walk in on you doing the nasty? You're nasty. Like, not everybody wants to see that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Puleng walks in. And Chris, she wants to go to the bathroom. She doesn't realize that someone is occupying the actual room. She walks in on Chris and this other guy about to do the nasty. And she's like shocked and traumatized once again. <laughs> and um, Fikile walks in soon after and she's like laughing and just dismissing everything and just saying, Oh, it's fine. Chris is just whatever. And they end up going to the bathroom together. And... Um, it's at that point that Fikile asks Puleng if she doesn't have a tampon for her because homegirl apparently got a period and she wasn't expected, expecting it. Don't you guys hate it when that happens? Like, I hate it when I just get my period randomly, like, out of the blue when I don't expect it. It's, like, the most inconveniencing thing ever in the universe. So, Puleng is like, yeah, girl, sure, I got you. I got a tampon for you. And then we cut to the scene. Like, the scene goes black and then we cut to... The next scene where Fikile is leaving the bathroom and we assume that she got what she needed and she's leaving the bathroom her and Fiki, her and Puleng are leaving the bathroom but um, Puleng makes an excuse that she maybe forgot her cell phone or whatever in the bathroom and she has to go back and collect it but uh, listen to this guys Actually, what really happened was, is that she wanted to go fish out Fikile's, I don't know, pad or tissue paper that she was using with her blood on it. It's so disgusting. I was like, ah. Disgusting! You could not pay me any, actually, okay, I'm lying. You could 
possibly pay me a certain amount of money, but certainly not for free. I am not sticking my hand in a nasty ass dustbin to scratch out some female's sanitary products with her blood on it because she potentially might be my sister. At that point, I would just leave it up to God and be like, you know what, if it has to come to this and knowing if this woman is my sister, I really don't need a sister that bad. I mean, I've lived how many years without a sister? Like, I'm fine. Like, like I'm Gucci. Like, I don't need a sister that desperately. I don't need to solve the mystery that desperately. Like, where am I? Nancy Drew. No. So, that's what our girl pulling ends up doing. So weird. So disgusting. So, yeah. Pulling fishes a pad out of the dustbin and she's nearly almost caught by the same white girl i believe her name is natasha like don't quote me i really can't remember and she's almost caught by her the girl walks into the bathroom she's like what are you doing she's like no nothing i just forgot my phone and she ends up slinking out getting out of that situation um but i still think she triggered that girl's suspicions somewhere because that girl was looking at her like girl you crazy anyway the next day back at parker's college um, Fikile ends up tagging Puleng in a lot of Instagram photos of that night, of the party. Um, and by the way, the whole entire lie that Puleng was telling Wade was that she couldn't come to his thing that he invited her out for that night because she was at home working on the article and she had to stay up all late all night working on the article that she wrote about Fikile. And she was really tired and she didn't have time to go out that evening. And which is really awkward because we know that Wade knows the truth because he saw the Instagram post that she was tagging. So we know, the audience knows that he knows that she's lying. Um, so that's orcs. Then um, Fikile ends up, not Fikile, sorry. Then uh, Puleng ends up giving her article that she wrote about Fikile to Wendy. Wendy gets like super jealous, like something triggers Wendy's jealousy even more towards Fikile and she decides that, you know what, I'm not going to let Fikile get a, uh, an opportunity to be head girl. I'm going to basically turn this article that Puleng wrote into like a smear campaign about why Fikile does not deserve to be head girl of Parkhurst College. And so... She changes up the article, she gives it to Wade to publish, and then Wade is reading the article, he's like, wait, this doesn't sound right, are you sure this is what you want me to publish? And she's like, listen, Wade, I didn't ask you to think, I told you to format this piece and publish it. And I'm like, wow, Wendy, future uh, MP on our hands here. And so, meanwhile, in the interim, while every, all of this is going on, Puleng is at the administration office trying to hand in a certificate to one of the secretaries. And she hands in a birth certificate. The secretary leaves the room, I'm assuming, to go file the birth certificate. And Puleng takes this as an, as an opportunity to slink into the office and go to the file room where all the students' files are kept. She digs through the files, honey, in only, in only, in only a way that movie magic can really happen. And she almost immediately ends up finding Fikile Bechle's file. And she's looking for her birth certificate because she wants to know where she was born and if that story lines up with where her supposed sister was born and where supposed sister was snatched from 
she ends up getting the birth certificate just as she's reading the birth certificate the scene is like interlapping with a other scene of where her mother is getting a phone call from the police department saying that they're reopening the investigation into a child's disappearance and they have reasons to suspect that her child can actually be linked to a girl that was suspected of child trafficking in the Beaufort West area and they have some sort of inkling of who her daughter could be in today's time and just as Puleng is about to finish reading Fikile's birth certificate Wade walks in and he catches her red-handed and that ladies and gentlemen is the end of episode 2 of blood and water so do you know what like i really enjoy it like i have to say maybe i'm biased i do realize that i have some sort of implicit biases against me because it's not often that you see proudly homegrown talent on the netflix screen and i'm really proud of the actors like of course it's not going to be up to par with the big american um series that are pushed by these production companies like it, it still it still has some ways to go and the writing isn't the most unique ever i must admit but the series is actually quite good and i really did enjoy it for what it is and i think you guys should really check it out like go on this journey with me if not for any other reason than for kb baby <laughs> go on this journey with me as we discover what's going on and i'm going to be recapping two episodes each so that means the first two i've done in this recap the next two i'll do next week and then the following two i'll do the week after that so that's all six episodes done with three stones if you want to use that analogy yeah if you like this recap guys please leave a comment a like follow my account on all platforms that this podcast is available and remember be sweet and stay safe